Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Identity, I, I think, is something we, we don't necessarily talk about, but we do think about every day. That, that this identity, this how do I view myself or how do others see me? And so even right now, when uh, Pastor Chris and Jamie came up here, all of a sudden what was happening is you're beginning to understand an identity um, uh, for them. So, so Pastor Chris gets up here and he's competing with me for speaking time. Oh my goodness, he's, he's ready for it. But then also, that, that as you look at identity, after this, if, if you talk to them, you are going to try to find out their identity, and you are going to ask them questions, or you are just going to make perceptions to see what their identity is, and newsflash, they're doing the same thing to you. Isn't that what we do? We, we look at each other. We, we see and we try to figure out what is that person like? With the way they're looking at me, what are they thinking? Uh, or, or, and, and so where I want to start with is we're going to have this, what do others think of me? What do I think of myself? And what does God think of me? All of these are mixtures of identity that we begin to understand who we are. And so a couple things. How do I figure out who I am? The first fill-in is, what is my origin? What is my origin? Where do you come from? Most likely, when you have a conversation, and I don't know if this is just a Phoenix thing, but the, you know, we joke about that, that no one who lives in Phoenix is from Phoenix. They're a rarity if you're actually from here. And so the question is, oh, okay, where are you from? How long have you been here? How long have you been in the valley? And I don't know why we ask that. What difference does it make? What difference does it make if I'm from Georgia or the Midwest or, or the West Coast? But even as we say those terms, if I'm from the East Coast, if I'm from the, the New England states, just by virtue of saying that, you have in your mind people you've known who've come from those areas, and you're starting to put that person in a group based on their origin. Or maybe even have questions, maybe similarities, your origin and theirs are together. The next one is, what is my past? What is my past or my experiences? What is my past or my experiences? And so somewhere in, inside of you, when you have this conversation, and, and if you're married, you might have this, your spouse has their go-to story. And that is the story of their past or their experiences that they want to tell other people, and they look for this opening. You can guarantee, if you know that person for 30 minutes, they're going to tell that story about their past. But that past and those experiences can also, can weigh on us. Know a lot of good, good friendly people that are friends of mine who as part of their past have been in jail, have been in prison. 
And all of a sudden, when that question comes up about my identity, uh, it, it all of a sudden becomes an issue when I'm trying to get a job, when I'm trying to serve somewhere. What will others think of me? How does that change your view of me or my view of you if I share that experience? Am I trying to impress them by my experience or am I just trying to be honest about it? The next one is, what roles or positions do I fill? What roles or positions do I fill? And again, I I found this, that usually if you're in a conversation of men and, and you're getting to know each other, within the first two minutes, the question will come up, what do you do for a living? What position do you have? What, you, what role do you have? Because now I begin to look at you based on the job that you have. And I'll just tell you, just suggest this to you, that if you're ever like golfing in a foursome with people who don't know you, don't say pastor. Because the, the rest of it will be, oh, sorry for my language. Sorry, oh, I'm sorry. Are you offended by that? And it's like, anyways. But we ask, what, what, the jo- what, what, what job do you have? But usually, and again, this isn't always this way, but when a group of women are together, the question is about relationships. Are you married? Do you have any children? Let me know, let me know who you are by virtue of your family and, and your connection. All of these are part of identity. And then the final one is to what tribe am I connected? To what tribe am I connected? Just so you know, I'm not necessarily a big fan of that word. I don't use it a lot. And when I usually hear it, I'm like, oh, I roll my eyes. But, but I think it's important that you understand this idea of tribe. If you want to know what tribe you belong to, if you have a bumper sticker on your car, you're a member of a tribe, okay? And, and that will tell you what tribe you are. Uh, whatever 26.2 means, you're that tribe, I don't even want to know who you are. The one who has 0.0, that's my tribe. <laughs> yeah, the, the marathon or non-runner. But also you look at that, when you have a t-shirt that has a school or a logo on it or, or something else, it tells you what type of tribe you belong to. It shows you a group that you associate with. And, and somewhere, I don't even know when this started, even the use of a terminology, I heard it with the Boston Red Sox first, I think, Red Sox Nation, that, that when you hear something like that, that that's part of that, where now that's part of my identity. That's where, that's where I'm a citizen of that sports team. So as you look at your identity, understand that these questions begin to answer that, but also understand that when you have your identity, you are trying to present yourself in a certain way. You have an identity card, don't you? The ID card. And, and if you're like most people, you look at the picture on it and you say, actually, I look better than that. It was just a bad day. <laughs> I believe what you're supposed to do is put your optimum height and weight. And, and so it's usually, it's my target weight. It's my skinny jean weight. <laughs> and so even in that, with our identity, we want to begin to lie. There's a way that we want to be seen, and then there's the way that we really are. 
And that is why this message is so important today. That as we begin to, to look at these questions of how others see me, how I want them to see me, how I see myself, and what happens when God sees the real, unvarnished version of me, then what? So we begin, and we go to Luke chapter 19, beginning with the first verse. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. It's a couple miles maybe from Jerusalem. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. And so as we're introduced to this man, Zacchaeus, and we're told a few things about him, but one of the things that was most intriguing to me, first of all, is his name, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, you can do the fill-in, his name means clean and pure. Clean and pure. So when he was born, his mom looked at him and go, oh my little Zacchaeus, he's so cute. He's, he's, he's so clean, he's so pure. Oh, I just, I just love my, my little baby boy. And then when he grew up, she ran into issues. And that was uh, Zacchaeus was not clean and pure anymore. And, and in this, I, you might not understand that he was a chief tax collector so not only was it a, a tax collector, uh, so and this, you can say IRS agent, and it doesn't capture the flavor of it. And the reason why, as, as Zacchaeus chose a line of work, that he was faced with this reality that the Roman government had now come into Israel, in, in, into uh, Judah, into this area, and they were hated by the people. They were hated by the, the, the Jewish people and, and the government of that time. And so there was always this tension. And Zacchaeus made a decision, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go work for them. Because, not because I can make money, but because I can make a ton of money. And, and the, the Romans wanted someone like Zacchaeus because he was an insider who would know what type of money the people really had. He had this local information. Uh, he had intelligence for them that would make him not only a tax collector, but he excelled at it. He loved his job so much that he became the chief tax collector. He was the one who was showing everyone else how you do this. This is how you shake these people down. This is how you get the money. Even when they tell you they don't have it, you know they have more than they're telling you about it, and this is how you go and get it. And by the way, we get to skim off the top. That's how we get paid. And so he was seen in the blank, you can write, his occupation implies that he is a traitor and a thief. That he is a traitor and a thief. The opposite of his name, clean and pure. And I'm sure people recognize that and say, oh, whenever I say the name Zacchaeus, it just makes me sick because I think of what his name means but what he's truly like. And then finally, that it, that it says he was short, uh, and so his stature means nothing. Short doesn't make you bad. That's the point of that fill-in. 
No, there, there were seriously, as I read this, the question was whether he was trying to make up for something. That, the, the, that Napoleon type uh, characteristic where because of your height, you're trying to make up for it. Or maybe it was because if they mentioned that he was short, I'm, I'm guessing that he was really short, uh, not normal height like me, but maybe even shorter. <laughs> and so you, you wonder if when he was young, he got picked on and, and things like that. And finally, he's like, forget this. I don't need to be seen as this, the short guy who, who, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a life and I'm going to make a name for myself. You look down on me because of my height? Well, I'm telling you, because of my chief tax collector position, everyone in this town is going to look up to me. At least they can respect my position. And even if they don't respect my position, you can't get around my money. And, and it's the money rules, right? Whoever makes the money makes the rules. And Zacchaeus knew that. And this is a way that you begin to understand this in the context of identity at some point, Zacchaeus stopped caring what you think of me. Because you know what? I don't care. I am going to get what I want, and I'm going to really, those things above my origin, I don't care about that anymore. I don't have any loyalties to this country. My past experiences, my roles, and my positions, I'm a tax collector. That's what I do. To what tribe am I connected? Not to this one. Now pay your taxes. We continue. Zacchaeus is interested. Jesus is coming into town, so he's curious. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And again, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but this is... Going and climbing trees and running is what 10-year-olds do. Not someone like Zacchaeus. And so even as we see this, maybe it's because he didn't care what people thought of him, or, or maybe it was, it was showing how much he really was interested in what Jesus was all about, that he wanted to see him. So he ran, he climbed the tree. Uh, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Two, two parts of this are, are a little surprising. One of them is that Jesus, it says Jesus was passing through the town. That's where it says at the beginning. So Jesus is just going through. And then once he runs into Zacchaeus, seeing him up in the tree, that he stops. And the first thing that is surprising is the invitation. I want to go to your house today. Inviting himself over. And, and probably Zacchaeus wouldn't have invited Jesus because he would have realized Jesus can't say yes because all these people here, it's just, you don't want to come to my house because of the identity thing. You're going to be identified now with me. And so when Jesus says, I want to come to your house, what he's doing is really offering him a hand, a friendship, something that, that no one else would do. And then it was reciprocated by Zacchaeus, who said, yeah, absolutely. I would be thrilled to have you come to my house today. In the blank, you can write, Zach, Zacchaeus, 
was attracted to Jesus by curiosity and was drawn in by Jesus surprising. I have the word approachability, but I'm not sure if I like that word. He was surprised by Jesus' willingness to associate with him. That, that was really surprising to him. And yesterday, we had our Christian Essentials 1 class. Christian Essentials, if, if you don't know anything about them, there's four classes for Christian Essentials. All of them are one-day classes. The, the first one's the longest one for four hours. And the name of the class is Christian Essentials Connect. Connect. It's all about relationships. What is my relationship to God? What is my relationship to the, the church? And what is my relationship here at Crosswalk? And what we found is when it comes to a, a church relationship, what people crave most is connection. Pastor Chris is here. I don't know if you know or not. His position is called the Connections Pastor. And, and as we look at this, we, we realize this is so important that one person full-time dedicated to it and, and building a team around him to make sure people here, every one of you, knows that you are connected and you are welcome. And when that happened... Zacchaeus had something happen to him that had not happened to him in years. Someone wanted to see him. Someone wanted to spend time with him. There's a saying that if you offer a crumb a crumb of love to someone who, if you offer love to someone who is loved, it's a crumb. But if you offer love to someone who's not loved, it's a feast. And that's what we see in these words. That, that Zacchaeus had made his choices, he had, had, had made his identity, and in the midst of that, he was starving. He was starving for someone who cared about him, for someone to notice him, for someone to simply not hate him. And he found that in Jesus. And, and when that happened, just that first portion of it, something happened inside of Zacchaeus. And a, a, a door was opened in his heart that hadn't been opened in such a long time. And it changed him. We continue. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of sinner. Let's do that fill-in right away. Others identified Zacchaeus as a sinner. They thought he was simply the product of all his bad choices, his past bad choices. And as we look at that, I'm not even going to spend a lot of time on that. I'm just going to tell you at Crosswalk, that is not how we see you. That, that for individuals here, as I stand here, I really get to see you. I get to look out in, in this, and I see so many different people, so many different backgrounds, so many different identities. And, and I hope more than anything else from this stage and, and from conversations we have that you do not feel judgment, but rather love and acceptance, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, there's gonna be, there's gonna be strong in grace, strong in truth. There might be difficult conversations to have. But you are welcome here. It, from our point of view, a place for me, there is a place for you. And it doesn't make any difference how you see yourself or others see you. There is a place for you here. That's what Jesus is saying. I want to come to your house today. You've come to his here at Crosswalk. You're hearing his word. The offer is now that he goes home with you. I don't care what your past is. I don't, even, I don't care how you see yourself. I don't care how others see you, and neither does he. There's a place for you next to Jesus, and there's a place for, for him with you as well. The next words. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. That's craziness. I, I, that, that as you see this, that quick of a change was amazing to me. And the reason why I say that is because there was another time when another rich person came to Jesus and he talked to him about, Lord, what do I need to do to be righteous? And Jesus said, you know all the Ten Commandments? And the guy said, yeah, I've kept all these since, since I've been a child. And, and, then, and then Jesus got to the heart of it and said, then go sell everything you have and come follow me. And we're told that he went away because he had great wealth. This guy didn't even need to be told that because he knew immediately that, that the thing that had been most important to him was no longer important to him. And so what was going on in his heart, I think is captured very much in Philippians chapter 3, 7 to 9. And that's the next reading. Imagine Zacchaeus saying these words. These are the words of Paul, but I think Zacchaeus, if he would have said what was going on in his heart, this is what he would have said. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things." All those other things, all that money, all of that, I consider them rubbish, garbage, manure, worthless. Those things that were good, I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. This is where this message gets hard. So if you've drifted off a little bit, come back, because this is, this is, this is where this, this message hits the road. Your identity is based in something that you are proud of. Your identity is based in whatever it is that you value the most. And what happened on this day was the thing that, that Zacchaeus valued the most was his position and his money, that in that moment he realized that the, where, where I need to go because of understanding that Christ's love for me and Christ for forgiveness in me and the change it's made in my heart and my identity, that thing that I need to value the most, I need to lay down to God to serve him. 
There's a saying, I, I say it all the time, it, but it can be used so many different ways, but money is a great example. Money makes a wonderful servant, but a horrible master. And Zacchaeus had been, had money as his master for so long that at this moment he was finally given the opportunity to break the chains of it and he wanted to use it to serve him for once, to serve God, to serve him and his kingdom. So where do you find your identity? For me, and I've had these conversations with you before, it almost broke me. And the reason why is because I find my identity in my job as a pastor and in what I do from this stage. And if I were honest, this has been a 10-year journey for me. What I really want at the end of the message, I want you to come and tell me how good it is. I, I want you to tell me, Dan, you're a great pastor. Yeah, we approve of you, Dan. That, that was, to me, what, more than anything else, what I was looking for. I had nightmares about it. I had dreams about it, about getting up on stage and not being able to perform in such a way that you would enjoy it. Anxiety, depression, all of those things followed. And the most miserable hour of my week was the hour in front of you in church. And then you get to see a beautiful thing happen in your own heart. And that is you lay that down at the foot of Christ. My prayer used to be, Lord, when I go out and preach this message, please don't let me make a fool out of myself. Now my prayer is, Lord, if I make a fool out of myself, may it be to your glory. I'm telling you, whatever it is, that you are finding your identity and makes you so proud of yourself and feel so good, laid at the Lord's feet. That is why you will notice. And again, maybe you don't notice. And, and if you don't, that's okay. I used to, every Sunday, be out on the patio greeting people during the first couple uh, songs. No, I can't do that. I have to be in here because as I worship God, all that worship that I wanted for myself is gone. And that is why the, the song before the message today, praise the Father, praise the Son, oh my goodness, as you look at that, it's one of my favorite songs. And that allows me to, to do the message because it's like, it's all about you, Lord. Thank the Lord for that. So my question for you as you look at Christ who comes to you and breaks you with his kindness. I think of Titus 3, but when the kindness and love of Jesus our Savior appeared, he saved us from ourselves. He saved us not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. That's the thing, when Paul wrote this, Zacchaeus was writing this, it would have been about money. Paul was writing it about trying to be a good person by what he did and what others thought of him. There, is, there are ditches all over the place. This can be your children that you, oh, I want to be seen as a great parent. I want to be seen as a great mom. I want to, and it's not that those things are bad, but when they become your identity, you've lost. And, and definitely, you've, you've got a taskmaster and you've become a servant rather than having that serve you. Write that down again. Money makes a wonderful 
servant, but a horrible master. Being a pastor is a great way to serve the Lord, but it makes a horrible master for your life. Being a parent gives me an opportunity to be a servant, but when that becomes my master, it's going to make me miserable. The approval of others is is a great servant. It can be encouraging to me, but when it becomes my master, it will destroy me. What is it? What is it that thing that you desire most that you want to get your hands around? And Christ says, put it down. I'm coming to your house today. I am your savior. I am your God. I am the one who has given my life for you. In the blank, you can write, Jesus offers a new economy and currency into our lives. A new economy and a new currency. It's no longer money. It's no longer the things that I value most, but now it's him. And it all starts with his value of me, his value of you. And then finally, Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Oh my goodness, I don't know if we fully understand what Jesus was saying with these words. This man had given up his origin, he had given up his tribe, and Jesus comes back and says, no, you are one of us. You are mine. I have come back for you. I have paid for your sins. I'm going to the cross to pay for your sins. You are forgiven by God. You are my child, and don't you forget it. Don't let that identity change. And that is what Christ has come to bring for you as well. The freedom. That's why he went to the cross. is so that he can come and offer us forgiveness and break these chains of bondage, the chains we've made by finding identity in the wrong place. In the blank, you can write, Zach's identity and ours, or, or excuse me, Zach and our new and God-given identity, child of God, bought with the blood of Jesus. You have also heard that from this stage at least a hundred times. Because we need to be reminded of that identity again and again and again. Because we're always being, being pulled and, and turned in a different direction. A place for me. A place for someone like Zacchaeus who was hated by everyone, who, who didn't think that, that anyone else would, would care about him, anyone else would welcome him, want to have any type of connection with him. And Jesus showed just the opposite. That is the same with you as well. This week, my, my challenge to you is to probe deep in your heart during your daily devotions and and your prayer time and really ask yourself the question, what is it that you value the most? Think about what the currency is in your life, about the things, whether what you're most proud of, the stories that you want to tell. And maybe ask yourself the question, is this? Is this the thing that is causing me the issues in my life, chasing after these things? When Jesus offers a different identity right there next to me, lay those things down at his feet and enjoy the freedom that Christ has won for you. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for giving us all an identity as your children. It doesn't make any difference what our background is. It doesn't make any difference where we come from. Uh, What's important, Lord, is what you have done for us by giving your life on the cross, rising from the dead. And, And Lord, what you've done 
and now who you have made us. You have adopted us into your family. Through baptism, you put your name on us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are truly, and in the truest sense of of the word, your children, and as the, the reading here says, sons of Abraham, people of the promise. We are, Lord, your friend. And so now, Lord, as we go from here, help us break those chains that that hold us down, chains of identity, ways that we want to be seen, and and let us turn to you to enjoy that, that fellowship and that connection and that identity that you give. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Just a reminder, as we go from here, a place, for, a place for me continues next week, and we'll see it's a place we can wrestle with God. So if you have some issues with God... Next week, time to come wrestle it out. It's a wrestling match with him. Uh, and after the service, I'm going to encourage uh, Pastor Chris and, and, and Jamie to go out onto the patio. Uh, I'll be down here in front. If you're uh, new today and would like to introduce yourself to me, that would be great. Uh, and as you go, though, today, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord, look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a great day.